Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Who's a Good Dog? I'm Kate Lever, journalist and author of the book Good Dog. My co-host, Bert, is somewhat preoccupied today eating the corner of a cardboard box. On each episode of this podcast, I invite someone great to answer all sorts of really weirdly specific questions about their dog. Today, I'm very happily joined by Dr. Pragya Agarwal. She is a behavioural scientist, academic and speaker. She's written several highly respected books, including Motherhood, On the Choices of Being a Woman, Sway, Unraveling Unconscious Bias, and Wish We Knew What to Say, Talking with Children About Race. She also has a magnificent dog called Taylor. Pragya, is there any chance at all that you named your dog after Taylor Swift? <laughs> so many people have asked me that. And I'm like the least pop cultural savvy person in the world. Um, actually, I would like to say so. Um, and sometimes I say yes, but no, he's a rescue dog. And um, when we went to get him, when I went to get him, I actually went to look at somebody else and then I found him. And he'd only been named Taylor. He was quite small then. And he'd been separated from his brother. And he was called Taylor. And we just didn't want to disrupt his life even further. While renaming him, I'm like, okay, he's called Taylor. He probably knows his name is Taylor. So he just... And at that time, Twilight was coming out. And Taylor Lautner was quite <laughs> as well. And I was really bad. <laughs> so you've been accused of being a Twilight fan as well. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's very funny. Tell me more about that meeting with Taylor because I'd love to hear about about why you decided to get a dog in the first place and, and then why you came home with a different one. <laughs> I think I've always loved dogs. Um, my mom tells me that when I was very little, I would just go out and if I saw any like dogs or puppies on the street, I would bring them home. And my mom was quite conscious that she had three children and she couldn't really take care of another child or a dog. <laughs> so... 
often I was forced to give them away. And, you know, in India, you would find puppies or dogs, stray dogs mm. quite a lot. And they weren't vaccinated or anything. And I would like just pick them up and bring them home. So I've always wanted a dog desperately. Never been in a position to have one. And then we moved into this um, relatively large house with a large garden um, near Nottingham. Um, and I just thought we should get a rescue dog. And it became quite an obsession with me at that <laughs> stage. So I would look at trawl through all the rescue dog websites and try and find somebody. And then I saw that there was a dog available um, like an hour and a half away from where we were. So I drove all the way to see this dog. Hmm. But then when I was supposed to meet this dog, he didn't really click with me, didn't really like me very much. But then in the next enclosure, there was Taylor and uh, he had just come in. So he hadn't been listed. And they've told me that he had been found uh, wandering around on the streets with his brother, who was called Carter, and they named Carter. <laughs> and so Taylor was there, and he was, he was like really unruly. And I tried to take him for a walk, and he almost pulled me over, and I fell over on the street. And he was really friendly, his eyes that really appealed to me. It's like the softest eyes and the softest ears. Oh. And he was just like dribbling and dribbling everywhere. And it was like a little barrel, basically. Um, yeah, I just fell in love with it. Uh, I mean, I think that's such a beautiful story because I think you can go and have all the intentions to choose a yeah. dog, but sometimes a dog chooses you or not. Yeah. You know, my partner and I went to see a little terrier once who belonged to a friend of a friend of a friend who was trying to get rid of him or something and he wouldn't make eye contact with me and I said to my partner oh I, we can't we can't have a dog that doesn't look me in the eye and obviously my partner was like that is ridiculous and I just I was like no we just we don't have a connection so yeah we waited until uh, you know we really felt that that we found the right one and I think people don't realize they can do that with rescue dogs as well that you know it, yeah. it can be a difficult process, but it can also be this beautiful kind of dog fate. Yeah, it seemed like fate because he was just so friendly and he was such a good nature dog. Even when you knew that he hadn't, he'd been on the streets and he'd been eating scraps and he had no sense of discipline or self-control <laughs> or anything like that. <laughs> he was like the softest dog. And then, oh. so we had to go and meet him quite a few times. We had to fill up a lot of forms. I had to convince my partner now mm -hmm. husband, that this is a very good idea and that I'm <laughs> going to look after him. And then finally we were approved and it was really great. And we went to see him and brought him back in the car with us. And uh, he was in the back and he wouldn't stop whining. He was really scared of cars. He couldn't get into the car because I think he was picked up by a rescue car or truck mm. or something. This, that's what we imagined. He never told us that. But, uh, <laughs> so we, we, and so I'm, brought him in the front with me because I was like, oh my gosh, he's really afraid and scared. And I brought him up and slowly he was climbing, he climbed up on top of me in the seat because he was so afraid. And oh. then he threw up on top of me. <laughs> <laughs> and then we gave him uh. a ripe in the Every time he got in the car, he would throw up. And so I met a preteen daughter at that stage she was really car sick and so it was always became like a standing joke in our family that she would throw up and the dog would throw up and <laughs> would be cleaning the water every time we went anywhere so. uh, I feel like you haven't properly bonded with your dog until he's thrown up on you we don't have a car, but we sometimes, you know, hire a car if we need to go somewhere yeah. and my boyfriend was driving once and Bert was on my lap and he 
threw up his entire breakfast. And Jono, who was very conscious that we were not in our own car, held the steering wheel with one hand and reached his left hand over to catch the entire contents of the vomit. (laughs) Very impressive. Very funny. When you brought Beautiful Taylor home, was he a puppy or a dog? How old was he? So he's a mixed breed. He's border collie cross flat coat retriever and he was relatively large. But now that I look back at photographs from those early days, he looks really tiny. He was quite big, but the vet said he was around seven months old. We took him to the vet, obviously, to get checked and all the vaccinations. And we had a cat already as well. And we were really worried that they wouldn't bond. Mm. So he came in and he was really nice in the cat. The cat became quickly the dominant one. <laughs> really terrified Taylor. And they would play hide and seek. And the cat would come on a walk with us and jump at Taylor at regular occurrence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, he was around seven months old, I think. This was quite a while ago because I, I've seen a picture of Taylor and he's starting to go sort of grey yeah. in little areas on his fur. How old is he now? So he's around 14 years old now. Yeah, okay. Seems so. He's an elderly gentleman. Yeah. When he first came to live with you, being seven months old, did he have some really naughty puppy behaviours <laughs> that he's hopefully grown out of now? Yeah, he was such a... Because he hadn't been trained or disciplined and we are terrible with discipline and training anyway. We really didn't train him or anything. The first thing, he would just jump, run into the garden with anything he could find. So a bunch of bananas or <laughs> my phone, my <laughs> slipper, anything he saw. Like if he saw little cuddly toys, that, that was it. Everything was like a novelty to him. And we tried to like follow all the disciplining training guidelines. Somebody said we should create a separate room for him, put him at the night in a separate room so that he sleeps. But there was a glass wall between that and a living room. So he would climb on a chair and just sit with his nose to that glass oh. looking at us while we were in the living room watching television. So that did last very long. We just let him in everywhere. Yeah, so he had very, like, he was very finicky and he wouldn't eat. So I would cook like chicken and rice and fish and lots of different kinds of things and sit there and hand feed him, wondering what he's going to eat. But yeah, he chewed up a lot of things, a lot of things initially. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I sort of already knew a little bit about that because in order to find guests for this podcast, I have spent a lot of time over the last few months going really far back on people's Instagram, looking for evidence (laughs) of having a dog in their lives. So I went quite far back on your Instagram and found this beautiful post that you did with a picture of Taylor and... uh, a long list of things that he has eaten or destroyed, including <laughs> <laughs> including the phone um, and the slippers, I think, but also maybe brie, which is very fancy yeah. taste for cheese <laughs> for a dog. <laughs> yeah, so we had the Christmas um, drinks, pre-Christmas drinks thing and the cheese and wine do do. And uh, we had laid out all the cheese on the platter. And when we went to the door, uh, when the guests started arriving, when we came back, we found Taylor had eaten a couple of like big blocks of blue cheese already. Oh. And he had a block of brie sticking out of his mouth, looking very guilty. <laughs> and uh, he, he ate uh, our daughter's birthday cake as well. He the whole thing? The table. Yeah, well, some of it. Oh. And uh, 
who <laughs> eaten our Christmas roast, like on the oh. table and eaten it. <gasps> yeah. Okay. And the funniest was that <laughs> when my in-laws, um, they had their 50th wedding anniversary and my sister-in-law organized everything at her place down south. And uh, Taylor was with us. And I don't know what my husband was thinking of all the places to put Taylor in while he was getting really excited. He put him in the kitchen where uh, everything was. Yes. And the, the cake was there. And as she went into it, she'd made this beautiful cake. And as she went in to get it, Taylor had eaten one third of it. And oh, so she didn't know all the guests were waiting. So she kind of just patched it up and brought it up. Amazing. So, yeah. I, mean, I like that. Just try and style it out. <laughs> yeah. um, this post that had on your Instagram that had the list of things destroyed and eaten by Taylor um, was also really lovely. You talked about the, the phrase black dog, um, which I think Winston Churchill mm. coined some time mm. ago to describe depression. And mm. I think, you know, it, it's sort of an, an obvious analogy, I guess. I think he was sort of implying that depression mm. uh, follows you around like a black dog. You know, it's dark, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but you had this beautiful thing to say because you have an actual literal black dog, um, but he is actually really supportive uh, to you when you're going through any sort of mental health struggles. Can you tell me a bit more about how Taylor is the good kind of black dog? He's a very good black dog. So when we got him, I think I look back and I realize I was going through a really difficult time. At that time, we were going through um, IVF treatments um, and I was having a really hard time at work. And I just, a lot of things were going on in my life and I don't, didn't realize I was feeling quite depressed and low. And maybe that was one of the motivations for going and getting a dog. But I realized that just, just him being there every, anytime I was alone at home or anytime I was working, I think that quiet presence of not expecting anything, but just being there with you and just, just being happy and joyous to see anytime mm. you come in. It's like you made his day. If you come in or give him a little treat, little things mean so much to him. And I think that's really beautiful about him. He's just there. And I remember even when I felt sad once or I was crying, he would just come and sit next to me or put his head on my lap. I think that meant so much because I didn't even have to. Sometimes I think I struggle with telling people that are how I'm feeling or asking for help. So I think with Taylor, I didn't have to say anything. And he was always there. Also, he also forced me to go out at, on days and take him for a walk, which I think really helped my mental health at times when I would have rather just kind of hidden in my room under a duvet and not left the house. So in a lot of ways, he's really been there through some of the most difficult times in my life in the last 10 or so years. Mm, and I'm so glad he has. Mm. You wrote really beautifully about, um, well, a lot of topics to do with motherhood and being a parent um, and that period in your life when you were going through IVF in your book, Motherhood, which I just thought was wonderful and a really important book. And I, I have written a lot about how my dog Bert helps me with depression. So I know exactly what you're talking about for all those reasons. And it's really interesting because I actually think people could learn a lot from the way dogs behave when you're going through a time like that, whether it's, you know, trying to conceive or just trying to survive the day or, I don't know, a global pandemic. <laughs> um, just that that silent presence, that quiet presence, as you put it, is just such a lovely form of support. And sometimes, sometimes people have too many questions, mm -hmm. um, whereas there's something 
just so gorgeous and comforting to have a dog who stands by you without needing any kind of explanation. It's an unconditional form of love. Yeah, yeah. Well, almost unconditional. Conditional on <laughs> treats and <laughs> and dinner and uh, and pats, but <laughs> and as you say, walks. I mean, yeah. it's definitely my instinct when I'm sad or any other kind of you know negative human experience, um, or just if I'm tired and lazy mm. to to stay inside and to hibernate, mm. particularly as an introvert. But yeah, I mean, when you have a bird, a, a bird, <laughs> I've replaced yeah. the word dog with bird. <laughs> When you have a dog who's relying on you to, you know, go outside and get exercise and fresh air and all of that, it brings you outside of yourself and makes you mm. a little bit aware of of, of being needed. Um, it also br- literally brings you outside of the house, which is great. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with with all of what you just said and, and it sounds like Taylor's very good at his his job as as emotional support dog. Hi, I'm Martin. Hello, I'm Sam. And together we host Song by Song, a show about the music of Tom Waits. So you're listening to Who's a Good Dog right now. But guess what? We're part of the same network, Strip Media. And speaking of dogs, Tom Waits famously recorded a dog food commercial back in the 1980s, an experience so enriching he's never needed to work in advertising again. Who's a good Tom Waits? If you'd like to hear our thoughts on Tom Waits' canine content and more, Take a look at songbysongpodcast.com or search Song by Song wherever you find podcasts. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Can you tell me a little bit more about why you wanted to rescue in particular? Because that's something I've, you know, spoken and written about a lot. And it's, it's you know, it's, it's perhaps not a possibility for everyone who mm. wants to get a dog, but I do very much believe in it being, you know, the right thing to do. Yeah, I think... Um 
as I said, I grew up in India where I saw a lot of stray dogs on the roads mm. and streets, and we still go back and see them. And I think that created a lot of awareness in me that there are some dogs who don't have homes. And I I think I always used to worry about what would happen to them, how they would grow up, and the, the sense of, like, I needed to help them or support them or do something in, in mm. some way. So, like, we would go out and give our dog food to them, but you can't do that to all the dogs. When I came to this country, I realized that there is actually an organized form of kind of rescue that didn't used to happen in India at that stage. Now people have set it up. And I realized that that's a really, really good thing because that way it, it, there is a sense of obviously you rescue them. And I've said it quite a lot. I, I felt like I rescued Taylor, but in a way he rescued me or rescued mm-hmm. us from a lot that I was going through. But I really wanted to bring a rescue dog in because I was aware that there's so many dogs that don't have home. And I'm also aware of a lot of kind of farming or unethical practices that go around in kind of breeding dogs and puppies as well sometimes. So I was conscious of that. And um, yeah, I don't know if there's any kind of deep meaning in that, but I just Mm -hmm. wanted to. And so all our animals are rescue cats, a rescue cat as well. And we've had two other cats before they were rescue cats as well. So that's what we, I think, we try to do. I think that's lovely. And if I have my timelines correct, you actually had Taylor for around a decade before you had your two smallest children, twin girls. Yeah. How did they feel about the dog and how did the dog feel about having two human housemates turn up one day? I think Taylor found it quite traumatic initially because um, there were these suddenly these two screaming little mm. things that he couldn't understand and justifiably so uh, some of that tension diverted from him as well before yeah. that he was like an only child at home you know, <laughs> his daughter wasn't at home so he was <laughs> he had all the tension and then suddenly we were all stressed all the time my husband and I we were distracted by these two things they were they were really really difficult times the first year or so a couple of years because we were in, a, in and out of hospitals they didn't sleep for up to 48 hours they were screaming most of the time so I think we found it quite stressful initially but as they've grown older they've just grown up with him and they just see him as part of the family and they they bond has really strengthened recently because also because they go for a lot of walks with their dad and the dog a lot, like for dog walks and walk Taylor and play with him in the garden. And sometimes I just find them lying on the floor with him, cuddling him. Oh. And he's trying to escape, but he's cuddling him. <laughs> and and it's like, Taylor's my best friend. And, oh. and and I think Taylor also looks for them if they're not at home and and they drop a lot of food. So that's really good for him as well because he goes around <laughs> and sits next to them whenever they're eating. And so it's kind of a mutually beneficial relationship they have there. Um, yeah. But it's it's a lovely relationship. And I really love that they're growing up with animals and they have this mm. strong empathy, compassion and bond with animals. I think it's really important for children. Personally, I feel that. Oh, yeah. I think it's so lovely. When we take Bert to the park, he is very popular with toddlers. (laughs) They kind of, you know, toddle over to see him and he's very happy to gently lick them on their tiny hands (laughs) and it's all very sweet. So I think it's really nice that your kids have grown up knowing that a dog can be part of the family. Yes, exactly. I would like to know a little bit more about Taylor's relationship with your cat. What's your cat's name? Belle. Belle. 
sweet. So the cat is the boss a little bit and Taylor just kind of goes along with that dynamic. <laughs> yeah, so when we brought Taylor home, we had another cat called Harry and he was a beautiful cat. But when it Harry passed away, Taylor was quite unsettled for a while. We didn't know mm. what had happened, like everybody, but we can't really explain to him. Then we got these two little kittens. They were sisters, Pip and Belle. And Taylor was really cautious and very aware, like wary of them because they were very tiny and they would paw him and they weren't like Harry at all, who was quite friendly with Taylor. So Taylor became quite scared of them. And But then Pip passed away. She had an accident. Mm, so I'm Belle sorry. left. And so now they have a very kind of mutually respectful kind of relationship. Belle tries to go up to Taylor quite a lot, but Taylor is a little bit wary of her and mm. doesn't really, but he does like eating her food. And uh, so she, he does that quite a lot, steals her food. But um, yeah, they have a really lovely relationship. I think they, they know they coexist. Well, I'm always pleased to hear about animals who don't kind of subscribe to the whole dogs and cats have to hate yeah. each other narrative. Unfortunately, my dog really, really believes in that. Oh, gosh. He's so docile and sweet to every person he's ever met in his life. And I don't even think he sort of would know what to do with a cat if he came into really close contact with one. But if there is one in a garden or across a street, he will absolutely lose his little mind. Yeah, but Taylor does that too to any other cat. And so if he sees any oh. other cat in the garden or across the road, he would just go lunch. Now he's a bit older, so he doesn't move as yeah, fast and yeah. does that. Oh, so he's just made an exception. Yeah, he just knows that I have to coexist. So he's kind of made up his mind. Okay, she's part of the family. He's very protective about people in the family, like with the children as well. If he goes out, he feels like he has to protect us. His gentle nature is very evident because he used to go really berserk whenever he like saw bunnies and rabbits and he used to live yeah. in the countryside. <laughs> and he would just pull us and go run after them and chase them when he was a little bit younger. Once he actually managed to catch a little bunny by the time we got to him and we were so scared as to what he's going to do to that and poor little rabbit was terrified. But he just put mm. his paws on this little rabbit and just stared at it, not knowing what to do. <laughs> and just kind of moving his head side to side and staring at this little rabbit by the time we got to it and made, made him let go of that rabbit. So he doesn't, as he said, doesn't really know what to do. He just has his natural instinct to chase them. It's really interesting because I think that's like sort of evidence of what these dogs must go through in terms of still having some leftover instincts yeah. of being the type of dog who needs to, you know, hunt their own food, but also being the type of dog who is served their own food and pampered in the home of a mm. human being who loves them. Because I think Bert is the same. I mean, there was one incident with a duck where he... <laughs> We were on the long walk with my partner's parents and he found this duck and he sort of did this absolute pathetic move to try and bite it on the back. Because, like, what would that do in a real hunting scenario? <laughs> but he was desperate. He was like, oh, I've, got to, I've got this duck. I've got to do something with it. And I was, I was losing it in the background trying to run as fast as I could. The duck was absolutely fine and we made sure it was safe. I'm going to ask you, we could do a sort of quick fire section at the end. I'm going to ask you a few questions just to get to know Taylor a bit more and then we'll be done and I'll let you get on with your life. 
Are there any other things apart from what we've mentioned that Taylor has eaten that he shouldn't have? My phone. Um, once he ate all my um, daughter's chess kind of not medals, they were like little trophies uh, that were made of like oh, soft no. material. He ate them all. Children very good. <laughs> yeah, that's devastating for your daughter and probably not that great for Taylor. <laughs> and he's not very kind of, um, he's eaten, um, yeah, uh, chestnut veggie roast as well, which I thought he would like, but he just ate it all. So, Out of foods that he's allowed to eat, what is his favourite food? Oh, he loves beef, roast beef. Gosh, if you have roast beef any Sunday, he just barks and barks and asks for war. <laughs> he gets really patient and like, what is it? And he just keeps asking for war and he, the smell of it drives him mad. But he also loves chocolate cake and which is the worst thing for him. Yes. <laughs> yeah, which is the worst. He loves chocolate. He also ate oh, no. what's a box of uh, champagne truffles I got for my <gasps> birthday. He oh, found disaster. them and ate them all. And then I had to spend all my boxing in trying to make him feel, get, throw up. And Basic, yeah. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, disaster. Absolute disaster. <laughs> Stay off the chocolate tail. I'm not meant to eat it. Where does Taylor sleep at night? He uh, usually, <laughs> so we have a sofa. He's got a bed, uh, mm-hmm. but he doesn't like sleeping in it. No, very few dogs do, I reckon. Yeah, I tried to make him and, and put his toys there and create a space, but we've got a big sofa, so when nobody's looking, he just sleeps on that, basically. Yeah, <laughs> smart, smart. What are his opinions on squirrels? Oh, he loves them. He thinks they should be chased mm. up the tree. These days he's trying to ignore them a little bit more. Mm, that's respectful. Yeah, before that he would just absolutely, really, he loves chasing squirrels. He loves chasing squirrels, any sort. Does he like going on public transport? Oh, he's not been on that much on public transport. He hates boats. We took him on a boat once. Oh. He absolutely hated it. It was only a short 10, 15 minute crossing where he was so scared of it. Oh, poor thing. Poor love. Wanted to jump into the water. So I don't think you go very well with bus or train. No, so. well, fair enough. I only ever ask that question because my dog loves public transport <laughs> because it's like I think he thinks when he gets on a bus or a tube that it's just a moving box full of people who want to see him. So he kind of walks down the aisle like, hey, nice to see you. I'll have a pet. How are you? I'll lick your hand. He loves it. He feels like a hero, that a celebrity. Do you use a special voice to speak to Taylor? Like a special dog voice? Mm. <laughs> you do. I can see in your face. You do. <laughs> Sometimes I do and then I look over and my husband's looking at me. And you said special laughing at me. So I try not to. I do that often uh, when I'm in a really affectionate mood. But, yeah, I <laughs> I'm not going to make you demonstrate. Don't worry. Has Taylor ever done anything embarrassing? But once um, we took him to our kennels because we were going away for a day and we thought he can stay there. <laughs> but my husband was talking to the owner 
You just heard a stripped media production. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 